spooky thing even though it's fucking october so i'm gonna record everything in this really shitty voice Ooh, i'm a ghost Ooh. Oh. i'm sorry grandpa, I'm sorry, grandpa. and apologize profusely to our elders. I'm today's host, Morgan, and joined with me in one corner, weighing in at a number of pounds equal to his weight, is... That, that'd be me, uh, Manny, the worst grandpa. And in the other corner, a man who is as tall as he is high. I'm Keanu! This week, this it's the <laughs> final uh, week of October. It's Halloween is around the corner, and we watched Poltergeist as the final film in our '80s horror October horror movies. Yeah, that's true. We all watched Poltergeist. That was the last one. We did The Thing, Gremlins, Tetsuo, The Iron Man, and finally. Poltergeist to round things off for 80s horror. Oh, go ahead and, uh, and do the plot. In an American suburbs, there's a nuclear family. They're living in a in kind of this uh, large real estate property called Cueva Vistas. The father is he's responsible for the majority majority of sales for this property. He kind of lives in one of the homes there. The youngest seems to have some sort of connection with an unseen being that she converses with. It turns more uh, demonic in nature and actually takes the youngest and traps her somewhere in, in this limbo state in this other plane. And then uh, the entire family is distraught and is trying to get her back and enlists a paranormal professional in a, a clairvoyant to try to bring the daughter back. In the meantime, the father who is talking with the real estate typhoon who discovers that uh, the entire land was actually a cemetery one time, but they moved it all somewhere else to make this property. So they do eventually, with the help of the clairvoyant, get their daughter back from the otherworldly plane, and they think everything is all right. But then dead bodies start sprouting from the ground, and skeletons, and all this stuff happens. And the and the father kind of puts together that it was it was only the headstones that were moved. The bodies were still under the earth. But they didn't move the bodies. They didn't move the bodies. Yeah, the father quits his job, and it ends with the with the family spending a night in the hotel. Um, so guys, I guess let's start off with, uh, what'd you guys think? Just first, first take. Fuck of, this of movie. Scary. Fuck this movie. Um. Really? Yes. I liked it. <laughs> I didn't think it was that scary. Um, it is scary. No, I liked it, it's, but it's a scary movie for sure. Okay. Um, Interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Interesting that you guys found it scary. Can we, let's, uh, I had so many, but let's start with that. What did, what was scary about it for you? Fuck that doll. Fuck that little white girl. That was my mantra. I hate 
dolls. It is literally my worst fear. I hate clowns and I hate dolls, specifically clown dolls. Ugh. Oh, so there was only one jump scare in this entire film, and it was they teased that clown the entire, the entire movie. time. Yes, they did. And then but it I... was like they waited until when they were oh. like, oh, the house is clean to, to throw it at us. They did. I appreciated that. Yeah, I wouldn't, I would say this is not traditionally scary in the sense of like creepy music to set the mood and, uh, and jump scares galore. When did the idea of like jump scares and dead silent music suddenly become the normal or like the classic way of like doing horror? Because I felt like this is the classic way to do horror, like the, the violin music, the like setting up in a wide angle lens and then like going in deeply the special effects what was like the earliest form of horror wasn't it fucking like whatever um that one the tubby dude did uh alfred hitchcock yeah alfred hitchcock yeah uh he was definitely like that was his that was his thing i don't think he was the first person to ever do horror i mean there was the that uh uh it wasn't even a dracula movie there was that movie back when it was still silent nosferatu Yes, thank you, oh, Nosferatu. Yeah. That was technically horror. I mean, yes, it was horror. There's a lot of types of horrors, and I would say that modern horror is really different from 80s horror or from anything before, just because it's an accumulation and a combination of a bunch of stuff. So, I mean, there's no real defining moment, I don't think. There's films that were ahead of their times, and then everything kind of caught up to it because it was just a mix of the genre. But being as this is the last podcast, yeah, let's talk a little bit about what horror movies are in general. I've heard a few times around the block that... You know, horror movies come to reflect what we as a society fear. And so in this aspect, we could, you know, like if we're taking the example of Poltergeist, um, it's not, you know, the house is scary. It's not that, you know, like, oh, it's a spooky haunted house. That's not really what we're scared of. I think the deeper meaning of what we're scared of there is, you know, um, television. (laughs) Yes. We're all afraid of television. No, I think it's white people. I think a big part of it. I think, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's a big one, but I think a bigger thing is the idea of um, just kind of losing the past or, you know, in the sake of progress, because, you know, it's a giant development project, losing, you know, things that are sacred to us or like disturbing things that are sacred, right? And maybe there's something there about like the future generation being lost to that. And maybe that's, you know, why there's that whole television metaphor in there. Is that what, is that what like was the scariest to you? What? In that movie, the like this idea of disturbing sacred ground or or just like I don't know if it was what was scariest to me. Kind of capitalism essentially. Yeah. Yes. I yes. don't know if it's what capitalism was scariest to me, but it's what set forth the rest of the movie. That's what caused everything in the movie to happen. If you actually look at it a bit more deeply at like if you break it down more, it seems like all the horror movies we focused on upon are always about things that are interfering with things that are beyond our control that we don't know about every single movie has always been about that in some degree yeah the unknown is the scariest that thing. is probably the scariest yeah. thing spielberg's unknown spielberg <laughs> spielberg's unknown asshole the deep innards of his brain oh yeah um yeah deep but in I, his asshole somewhere is deep his brain deep in his asshole was a wide lens camera that distorts things that i don't like including the way i see inside of his asshole well, it's interesting that you say Spielberg because technically Toby Hooper directed this film, although oh. there is a lot of controversy over whether that's actually true or not. They don't know who directed the film? It's more that Toby Hooper is credited as director. And that whole deal was because Spielberg uh, was contractually obligated to not work on any other movie while he was working on 
Some bullshit, right? Yeah. He was working on E.T., which came out in the same month. But uh, he was contractually obligated not to work with a different studio as Universal, and this movie was MGM. Oh. Different people have said different things. Zelda Rubenstein, who played uh, the, the clairvoyant woman, she right. said, I worked there for six days, and all six days on set, it was Steven Spielberg directing, not Toby Hooper. At the end of the day, a lot of cast members have also come out to defend Toby. Steven Spielberg has also come out to defend Toby. I think, I think more than anything, there was definitely a little bit there where Spielberg admired the horror knowledge that this guy had. And so I think it was a bit of a collaborative effort. I think for sure Steven Spielberg had a lot of input on this film. I think it kind of shows... Um, you know, in just the way people have talked about this film, people really credited it more to Steven Spielberg than to the actual director. But I think the director definitely, you know, came in and uh, put his little brand of horror in there as well. I, speaking real quickly about the ending, I hated the ending. I thought that was bullshit. They just kind of like, eh, you know, they got off scot-free. The father found out and then and then went to meet the clairvoyant that night and didn't mention to anyone that it used to be a cemetery. That would be like the first thing I'd say. When how would, I how would you announce that? This isn't the fucking 2020s. They don't never not everyone's on a group chat in the 80s. So you'd have to like literally no, go door they to all, door. They all met each other. They all met each other that night. No, I mean, he didn't even mention to the clairvoyant or the paranormal expert. That is true. But I think at that point, I don't think it would have mattered. They, they thought they were safe at the end. At the end. They're like... That's the thing. The, clair, the clairvoyant might have thought... She Might have had up. a different tactic or might have realized something else if she had known that there were just desecrated bodies just beneath their feet. She fucked up. Because apparently the demon was smart as fuck. Why did the demon just sinkhole itself away? Why did it? Yeah, Why it just like it took the fucking it? house. And it's like you know what, house mine, and it just <laughs> turned into yeah. And why? Seed. And why just that house? Why was it only them being affected? For was it just because the father was the was the biggest seller for the? Property, I don't think so. so. Kind of they him? were there was no indication that would be it. I feel like that was a cop out. That's the reason why I don't like the ending. It's so it doesn't commit. I still like the movie. At the very end, it seems like it's spreading out, but for the majority, it's only affecting exactly. them. Exactly. It's just like this localized yeah. phenomenon. Maybe because they're the only ones who had like a, a little girl that was susceptible and it kind of felt like the demon felt like it had like an in That's with bullshit because this is a suburb in white America. There are tons of vulnerable white girls. That's bullshit. You know, it's kind of the thing about watching old horror. A lot of it is dated. A lot of it's stuff where like, yeah... We moved on past this. The genre has really evolved. It's scary as fuck now. It's weird. It's experimental. It's way more, um, way more common to be way more gruesome. What do you guys think? Okay, because the clairvoyant, or it wasn't even that. It was the uh, the paranormal expert explains the difference between a haunting and a poltergeist. A haunting being. The ghosts are tied to the land, and a poltergeist being the hosts are tied to a person. And while this film and also haunting lasts longer, and a, and a poltergeist might just be a couple months at, or, or so, hmm. it seems as though at the end of this film we kind of get the impression that actually it is not a poltergeist; it is a haunting. It's totally haunting. Yeah, no. Uh, so why? My spouse, my spouse, like, straight up, like, harked on that hard. <laughs> yeah. They were like, what the fuck? This entire movie is named incorrectly. And yeah, no, you all spot on. 
I said the same thing. I was harking on it with my girlfriend. I watched it with her. And the whole time she was saying like, oh, if it's a haunting, I'm like, Jasmine, it's called Poltergeist. It's not a haunting. Why would they even bring up that conversation and explain the difference if it was a haunting? They didn't even need to waste time with it otherwise. It's clearly a poltergeist. And at the end of the movie, it was not a poltergeist. It was a haunting. Did they just want to dupe the audience? Is that their only purpose? Because in which case I say, fuck you, Steven Spielberg. I think it was a stupid decision, but I think I feel like the main reason why they wanted to include a conversation, even though the movie is obviously called is obviously a haunting of some sort. I think Poltergeist might speak to the ethos. Maybe I don't know. I feel like I'm pulling shit out of my ass like a ghost here, but the idea that something is haunting a place is pretty common, I guess, in horror. But if something is just kind of in the space that you are in and is kind of angry and detestable that's what a poltergeist is right no it's nothing it's nothing to do with the rage level it's just based on poltergeist haunts people and doesn't and doesn't last as long hauntings haunt places and they can last much longer could you make the case that they actually did haunt a place because it was specifically that house that's the point is that that's why it's a haunting and not a but also yeah poltergeist because they are also haunting a person too the family, they took. Right? They did take Carol Ann specifically, and they seem yeah. to be staying and with the, the boy. family. Yeah. They fucked up that boy. He almost got swallowed. He got bored by a tree. They they fucked they fucked everyone that entered the house. They fucked with the the paranormal experts as yeah, well. They fucked with them all. I feel like I feel like it doesn't matter exactly what the terminology we're using. I feel like the point is... It wouldn't if they didn't (laughs) define both of them and then call the film what it actually wasn't. It wouldn't have mattered. But then they they chose to define them both when nobody asked. They chose to do it, and then they named the film the thing that it wasn't even. So it does matter now because they made it matter. If they had just done nothing, it wouldn't have mattered. It's a classic misdirection. Yeah, is that what it was? In which case, fuck you, Steven Spielberg. That was stupid. why that decision was made though i feel like he wanted to do it to slightly misdirect but also i think to point out the fact that humans don't know which is dumb they think they know shit but they don't they dumb as fuck that's true i was gonna say it could be a thing where like the lady spoke out of her ass because yeah at the end of the day what is i mean they're all just made up conventions and words like a poltergeist isn't a thing so you're saying that one of the themes of the film is that people don't know and people give misinformation all the time yeah. Yes. So what are other examples? So they do. Case, it wouldn't need to be more than a one-off. What other examples of that are in Poltergeist? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Early on, you, when we first get in contact with the paranormal guys, you know, they come in and they're acting all hot shit. Like, they know stuff like, oh, yeah, yeah, You know, we, like, registered this, you know, like, paranormal activity or blah, blah, blah. And then, like, the fucking room is floating everywhere and they're just yeah, like. Yeah, they're dumbfounded. Oh. I also want to point to something like yeah. that, too. 
But they just go along with it. The fucking scene when the yeah. dad tries to comfort the kid, and it's like, oh yeah, don't worry, it's just thunder. If you if it counts away, fine. But all of a sudden, it gets closer and closer, and he, the little kid's like, what the fuck? And then a tree fucking attacks him. This yeah. movie serves to prove that the unknown is unpredictable and totally bullshit. And any way we try to quantify it doesn't work because it's yeah. the unknown. It's never going to be quantifiable in a way that satisfies satisfies our understanding of things. Um, do you think this movie has like political underpinnings? Because there have been there were such weird decisions. I thought that kind of threw me for a loop. There were points again in the very beginning. There was the 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 more the war movie shit with like the Star Spangled Banner, and then the fact that they're reading conservative propaganda, but then they also smoke weed. So is this like the libertarian nightmare, or am I tripping? Yeah, I did notice the Star Spangled Banner was happening quite a bit in that film. I don't know if it was just to bring home this idea of this like the nice nuclear American family, or if it was more of a political agenda with a bit of a conservative twist maybe you're right because i mean that could harken back to the thing that i was saying earlier about how i think this movie is largely about the fear of uh new development you know eroding uh the morals or you know desecrating what is tradition right and so that might be harkening back to you know traditional americana like we're gonna lose our american identity if we just keep developing and progressing and stuff we need to take a moment to sit back and really uh appreciate you know grandma's apple pie and racism also what was up with that weird scene in the beginning where the construction workers are hitting on like that 14 year old girl it like pans to the mom looking she's like oh gosh men not only is this the 80s this is also steven spielberg who had no problems with indiana jones being in a relationship with an underage student so he has, he has no qualms with pedophilia. Another, another scene that I thought ended up not going anywhere beyond the, the construction scene that was just there to prove that Steven Spielberg is a pedophile <laughs> um, was the, uh, the scene where they're watching the game and they're like, the, the, he's, uh, the father's having the, the remote war oh, with yeah. the neighbors because both of their, both of their uh, they're connected to the same channel or whatever, so their remotes connect with each other. I was like, oh, great, it's gonna, it's gonna tie in later with like, oh, the channel is changing all creepily and like, it must be the neighbors. No, that actually never comes back. It was pointless. Yeah, it does. They're, they go confront the neighbor. They, they don't confront him about that. What do you mean? They, can, they go to him to tell him about the paranormal thing. But that has nothing to do with the fact that their channels, their remotes are connected. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's pretty spot on. Because it was all about the TV. And, I mean, this ties into another potential theme, which was TV is bad. TV bad. Where they're both, they're both so engrossed in the television that the guy's, like, spraying beer all over the place. And they're, they're having a war and fighting over the remote. And then later, the little girl's just eyes to the TV. She can talk to a demon through the and TV. And it was never explained. When they want to interact with goats, they need the TV on. At the very end of the movie, the one thing that they do in the hotel is shove the TV out of the room, even though 
it wasn't just the TV that was that uh, that you know an electronic that was causing these distortions, but <laughs> they just got paranoid. It just there was a lot of anti anti TV messages. I feel like in the movie, which I always think is funny when someone does that through a medium of another screen. Exactly. Like, let me tell you why screens in your home are bad through a movie on this giant screen that later I will sell to you on tiny discs that you will put hopefully on your home screen that I'm telling you is bad. This movie had some good shots. This movie had some good scenes and there was some good stuff. It I like the way that it, you know, started off in the beginning, kind of like setting up a lot of scenes that would come back in the future. You know, the television, the tree, the goddamn clown. Uh, it really paid off towards the last 20 minutes of the movie where thing kind of just, you know, shit hit the fan. And you even had that little lull in the movie where it's like, oh, mm. everything's over. And then, yeah, no, it comes back. That was all done really well. The characters were kind of vanilla. And it's... Um, it's just kind of memorable for the scenes more than the actual story itself. The story itself kind of just drizzles away. It's some cool visuals, but I don't think there's any real moral that we get out of it. I don't think there's any finite answer or resolution. So I give this movie a solid oh, wow, five really? out of ten. Yeah, I think I think it's more loved and, and recollected uh, than it's worth. I also, I was disappointed. This movie, I didn't think was scary at all. I think it had, I just didn't think, it was just because, like, it was definitely. The last 20 minutes were pretty scary. Wow. I don't think they were scary. It's because it was, it was too heavy handed. The best horror is like subtle and like really, uh, it's just like you knew what was happening. Do you care if they live or die? What's really scary about mist twirling you around? I don't know how to describe it exactly. I'd say it wasn't presented in a way that was scary. It was presented like E.T. With horror elements. just a different premise. Like if it could have just, it it seemed like a family friendly Hmm. film. It didn't seem scary. I'm not saying because of the music or the jump scares and because it wasn't a traditional slasher it's just like it wasn't scary it seemed it seemed to like uh the acting was great i thought like i like i thought everything was on point the scenes were well done everything like manny said but i don't think it was done in a traditionally scary way which is why i'm so surprised it's on so many like top scary lists i mean ken you said it was legitimately terrifying which is why I want to hear I want to hear your point of view on what made it so scary. Right. Uh, just I guess to like top things off, I yes I do not like scary clowns or dolls. I hate dolls. They fuck dolls. I fuck. But moreover, the point I thought there was some legitimately. This is like a popcorn yeah. kind of horror movie. Like this is like the fun kind of horror, like old school horror, not the like mm. this fucking paranormal like activity type shit. Where it's like, oh, something moved all weird. Nah, there's like, there's like music cues. There's sound. There's 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 fun, stupid shit. But there's also like a, uh, a time capsule of Americana past here. The way that the little girl was being catcalled. The way that yeah. the Star Wars everywhere. There's a lot of this movie. I think this movie is less horrifying to me and more fun to watch for me. That's why I think it's like a really good horror movie because it doesn't just terrify me. It's entertaining in a way that's that points directly towards like the American sensibilities of horror and fun. This isn't like Jason. This isn't like Mind Scoper, whatever the fuck the name is. This is like Jaws, but with ghosts. Which is another Spielberg. We should, we're really going to yes, take a break Spielberg. from Spielberg yeah, for a while. No more Spielberg. Spielberg. We keep doing it. I, I didn't want no to choose Spielberg. Poltergeist specifically because of Spielberg, but I'd never seen it before. 
and I just wanted to watch it for the first time. I think time. it was worth it too. It's a family. It's a family. Well, not a family movie. There are some scenes here where I would not watch with like a five year old. It's a PG film, and the reason why. Is because oh. we've already talked about this, guys. Remember Gremlins, which came out in, I believe, 1984? <gasps> Poltergeist is a 1982 film. Poltergeist was a, uh, was originally R-rated. Steven Spielberg went to the MPAA and was like, I contest this, argued his case. They reduced it to PG because there was no PG-13 rating. Two years later, Gremlins comes out. Again, the MPAA doesn't agree with it being pg Steven Spielberg, again, contests it and says, hey, you've been having some issues with this R to PG thing. Maybe you should make something else. Eventually, PG-13 comes out. So at the time, uh, Poltergeist would be PG-13 these days, but it's PG then because PG-13 didn't exist. And it's actually still Steven Spielberg, to bring it all full circle, that helps make PG-13 happen. So at least he did that. He knows 13-year-olds well. That's how he was. Oh, uh, don't say that. <laughs> I give this movie five little kids out of ten. Yeah, so we all agree it's kind of a five out of ten where, yeah, yeah it's a good movie, but no, it's I think not it's a good popcorn. A I'd say movie. it's not a great horror movie. I'd say it's a good movie. It's not a great horror movie. It's not a great horror movie. It's a good movie. Like, uh, I'm still yeah. disappointed. I feel like Oof. we never got, a like, a... A true horror, like terrifying movie in our eighties horror. Maybe month. next month. That's true. I mean, to be fair, yeah, to be fair, a lot of stuff is really dated. Eighties isn't that scary. I'd say the best horror film we watched this month yeah. was probably the thing. Easily, that's subtle horror, the creeping movie. I don't hey. think it was scary though. But it was, it was like a, it was. Good. It wasn't scary, but it had the atmosphere. Yeah, it, was good. It, was it was good. Atmosphere. There's a lot of movies we didn't watch. We didn't watch The Shining. We didn't watch Pet Cemetery. We didn't watch uh, The Evil Dead or The Evil Dead 2. We didn't watch Nightmare on Elm Street or <laughs> Friday the 13th Hellraiser. or I think Halloween 3 came out in the 80s. I, I've i watched a few of those movies recently <laughs> and I'll say they're dated. Slasher films just aren't scary yeah. anymore because we've been desensitized. And the yeah. other stuff is kind of goofy. Um, goofy. The one that I most recently watched Super was goofy. The Evil no, Dead. The Evil it's Dead so is goofy. goofy. That one has always been goofy. Goofy is Wow. I think let's, let's, I guess, these are our closing thoughts. October is over. Now on to the next uh, theme and month for our movie podcast, uh, the I'm Sorry Grandpa podcast. It is my turn to choose a theme, and I will be choosing a less conventional theme than these two dorks. I am doing a Movember November movie marathon. What? What does that mean? So, Movember is this thing that happens all the time. It's, you know, it's No Shave November. But it's the same thing. It's just a different name. But I'm going to focus specifically on mustaches. Oh. Movember. Mustache. Mustache November. November. It's a movie where it's people a thing. have mustaches in them? All right. So, the parameters are this. We pick movies in which there is an iconic scene involving mustaches. And that's it. Oh. Just... Some sort of scene in the movie that's, like, focused on mustaches. Huh. Um, the whole movie doesn't have to revolve around right, mustaches. some close-up on a But there mustache. has to be one scene where it's focused in, where someone's like, oh, you know, like, this guy has, like, a super thick mustache. Like, for instance, yes, uh, my wife brought this up. In Napoleon Dynamite, there's a big focus on the lack of mustache, the whole dirt lip thing that the guys okay, have. Okay, so also a lack of mustache? I think it's uh, Pedro, like, it zooms in. Is another thing. You... Well, I mean, he had a mustache. 
So like, yeah, he did. But it was like, you know, a wimpy one. It was like a dirt lip. So they did like a zoom in on that. Apparently, I never watched Napoleon Dynamite, Dynamite, so I don't know. It's really easy for you guys because I already have two in mind. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and do the first yeah, one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Going the Distance, a romantic yes, comedy so starring romantic Justin Long comedies on this fucking podcast. Thank God. Interesting choice. I like this. We'll figure it out. Uh, again, Going the Distance, there's a mustache scene in there for sure. I know it by heart. Um, you got, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. But I'll tell you right now, there's a mustache scene. You guys will recognize it when we come back to it. No, I like this. I really, I really like when we focus more on, uh, on just like obscure things or things like that. That's the point. I want to have yeah. fun with it. Yeah. No, we're moving away from genres, oh, yeah. going to just weird themes now. I'm really curious to see what you guys will find. Um, but also, uh, second half of that, November, uh, No Shave November, they're all more or less for the same reason. It's to raise awareness and funds to, you know, for research on specifically towards oh. prostate cancer. Yeah, that's that's the that's the whole thing. You know, it's addressing men's health and prostate cancer, reminding you to get your uh, prostate checked when you reach that age, when you should be getting it checked regularly mm. or semi-regularly or whatever. Haven't reached that age yet, but I do shove fingers up my butt and I'm good I'm to go you, so far. Um but yeah, you know, when you it's one of those things where uh, guys are kind of just growing out their facial hair in solidarity with men who, you know, yeah. have to go through chemo or whatever. Or people who have facial hair who have to go through chemo or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I figure we can put a link Charity. down to uh, whatever organization yeah. is taking donations Dude, from I, November. I would love to do that. Uh, and yeah, just a general reminder to, to our viewers who, you know have prostates and who are reaching that age in which prostate cancer is a is a real yeah. thing to think about remember get checked um getting checked early can really save your lives and yeah that's that's my sign off for this all right so next month is mustache november november mambo november movie marathon what's the what's the movember part what is mustache november it Movember oh, like is like mustache, mustache November. November, November. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Movember movie marathon. I like that. Alliteration. Right. You know, happy Halloween. This was October Horror. Don't go outside and we trick or treat. our 80s movies You Rondo. motherfuckers. Stay inside. Or if you do, just incorporate a mask. No. Everyone be sexy nurses with a mask. Terrible idea. Do not go to any house parties. Let's everyone bad, buy right. yourself some uh, some yeah. uh, t-shirt shooting t-shirt t- t-shirt launching device and just shoot your candy at kids. <laughs> you can cosplay as Among Us. Okay, everyone okay, okay. Social so distance. all that is terrible ideas. I'm gonna be real right now with this whole thing. You know, quarantine is still going on, especially in the states. Please, just stay home. Stay home. Launch Don't put on any Halloween parties. Don't go trick or treating. Children, <laughs> do it. Don't do that. Stay home. Yeah. Watch some horror movies. Watch better Make some spooky cocktails on your own. Eat some Just candy on buy. your own. Enjoy yourself. Oh, Get you into the Halloween no. spirit. Family pack of Reese's. Don't go What's outside, everyone's folks. favorite candy, by the way? If you had to choose one candy oh, that you're going to buy and, and just binge on payday. Twix. Payday. Right, payday. Mine's Reese's. Yours payday. is Twix. Twizzlers, Twix, payday. All right, so guys, tell us your wow. favorite candy. Tell us what you're binging on Halloween <laughs> while you cry yourself to sleep because we're in a pandemic and nothing matters anymore. And also, you know, everything is shit. And remember. I'm sorry, Grandpa. Apologize yep. to your grandfather. Fuck Donald Trump. Uh, fuck Steven Spielberg. Fuck cancer. All three of those suck. Uh, most importantly, don't fuck your grandpa. I'm sorry, Grandpa.
You do you actually have an equal, exactly equal amount of male and female friends? I try to try to drop a friend if it's, you know it's different. He ranges yeah. us like he's playing Animal Crossing. That's what's happening here. I do. Yeah. No. You need an equal equal male female spread. One of each uh, personality yeah. type. My friends I'll are overwhelmingly keep pretty uh, culturally diverse. Mine are culturally diverse. I would say. Mine Sometimes. are culturally diverse. Ah. They're all so they're all white, but they all come from different kinds of countries that are white. No. Okay. Uh. She just meant they're all cunts. 